Listener-supported KFUO, we are the messenger of good news. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash KFUO radio. This is the Midday Moments program. Hi, I'm Gary Duncan, and on the phone with me today is Doug Nicely, pastor of Jerusalem Lutheran Church in Collinsville, Illinois, and uh, we're talking about the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. Good afternoon, Pastor Nicely. Good afternoon, Gary, and of course, the fourth petition is give us this day our daily bread, which is probably one that we're familiar with, at least when it comes to the Word. Just to give you an idea what this is all about, other than give us this day our daily bread, I'm going to quote from Luther's small catechism. He explains to us that this has to do with everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. Which sounds like, I don't know, you know, kind of like uh, inalienable rights, as they say in the Constitution, right? right. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, mm-hmm. this is it. But, you know, in some ways it is, and we can be very grateful for it. But I think we do think of uh, give us this daily bread and this whole list as being something like an inalienable right. And that's not necessarily the case. Uh, it's all a gift. And I want to talk to you about three different people to explain how this is a gift to us, okay? Okay. So, so the first one is Jesus. What a surprise. In the Sermon on Mount, he says, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, about what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? That's an interesting um warning that we get in the in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, probably the most famous sermon ever preached, that uh, worrying about what's going to happen to us, worrying about our daily bread, and never we don't get something that we feel as though we deserve as an inalienable right, we somehow or another feel as though there's something wrong with what's going on with us. And in that way, we feel that uh, God or other people are doing a number on us. Jesus is trying to remind us that God knows what it is that we want, and he said, don't be anxious about it, because, as we learn out elsewhere in the New Testament, faith and fear are polar opposites of each other. Faith has to do with the trust in God's grace. As I said before, everything that we can describe as uh, our daily bread is a gift. So Jesus is the first person I want to mention. Second person I want to mention is Rich Mullins. Oh, the singer. Yeah, you remember him. Yep. He died in the 1990s in an auto accident, and um, Vicky and I saw him at a concert um, a day before he died. But at the end of his life, he went down to Nashville and recorded a, an album that I consider to be like the best album ever, and it's called The Jesus Record. What's um, some of the songs on it? Do you know offhand? Uh, well, I'm going to quote one of them, You Did Not Have a Home, and it's an amazing record. And that's the very last um, recording he did then. Right. Uh, not more than a few weeks before he died. And it's Mullen's way of describing Jesus. But listen to this, because it's amazing. He said, you did not have a home. There are places you visited frequently. You took off your shoes and scratched your feet because you knew the whole world belonged to the meek, but you did not have a home. You did not take a wife. 
There were pretty maids all in a row, lined up to touch the hem of your robe. But you had no place to take them, so you did not take a wife. You rolled an ass's full. They spread their coats and cut down palms for you and your donkey to walk upon. But the world can't find what it thinks it wants on the back of an ass's full. So I guessed you had to get sold. Because the world can't stand what it cannot own, and it can't own you. Because you did not have a home. And at the end of the song, he says, the savior of the world is a homeless man. Wow. You know, that that's really the whole point of Christmas, isn't it? Yes, it is. That's why the savior of the world was born in a cow stall. It shows that God's grace gives everything, even to his own son. And, and, and that, that was, that's the amazing testimony of Jesus, Jesus' ministry. The king of kings and lord of lords never sat on a throne until he ascended into heaven. The king of kings and lord of lords was not the commander of armies, or at least not the type of armies we are used to thinking about. You think about a bunch of guys who have no reputation whatsoever, those are the disciples, <laughs> including one of them who betrayed him. Um, but, but that's the kingdom. It gives us an opportunity to listen to what God has to give to us as a gift, instead of something that we feel as though we, we deserve. And so the third person I wanted to talk to you about is William Wilberforce. He lived in England, and he was a champion of the uh, abolitionist movement a century before, you know, we had the Civil War in our country. Mm-hmm. And, and he was an interesting leader. He was a member of parliament, so he wasn't clergy, although he had a pretty good friend who was a clergyman by the name of John Newton, the guy who wrote Amazing Grace. Right. And uh, John Newton, if you'll remember correctly, was a slave trader at one time. So when he said, when he wrote Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me, I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see, he meant every word of that. That song is his testimony of his own life. Well, William Wilberforce was a, was a positive influence on John Newton and several other people in England. And as a member of Parliament, he championed abolitionism. Wilberforce had fallen into bad health by the end of his life, his business had failed, and he and his wife Barbara were forced to live with their two sons. But uh, those sons were both pastors. In his diary, Wilberforce wrote about his gratitude to God to witness the delightful scene that is here exhibited of pastoral service and domestic happiness. And then he wrote, You are able from experience to judge how a parent must feel in witnessing the pastoral labors of his own child. And that's what, that's what daily bread is all about. We receive from somebody else, and we express that receiving with gratitude. And sometimes we receive from somebody else when we are older, and we receive that gratitude that they learned from your children. And daily bread is all of those things, none of which is deserved or earned. All of it is a gift. And it's good for us to be able to see that. And the ultimate example of that, of course, is Jesus, the Savior of the world, who was a homeless man. So let's do some praying about this, Gary. Let's do it. Lord, how can we begin to accept our daily bread from you unless or until we first see your gift to us in everything that we call our own? Help us to use those gifts wisely, we pray, for in the name of Jesus, the Lord and giver of life, that we can live. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Doug. You're welcome, Gary. Next week. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. God bless your week. Same here. This is the Messenger of Good News Worldwide at KFUO.org, AM 850 in the St. Louis region.